Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Leading Edge Love Radio. This is your host, Sumati Sparks, the Open Relationship Coach. Have you ever wondered how well-suited you are for ethical non-monogamy? Well, you can find out by taking my quiz, and you can find the quiz right on the homepage of my website. That's sumatisparks.com. Sumati, S as in Sam, U, M as in Mary, A, T as in Tom, I, and Sparks, as in Sparks are flying. And when you request the quiz, you'll be automatically added to my mailing list, and you'll be the first to learn about my virtual events and to receive occasional helpful tidbits of advice and information on how to add more love, passion, and joy into your life. So today, I'm so excited to have as my guest the one and only Pamela Madsen. For over 30 years, Pamela has been an internationally recognized activist for women. She's been featured in Oprah Magazine, 60 Minutes, The New York Times, and over 2,000 other media outlets. She's the founder of both the American Fertility Association and the Back to the Body Sensuous Retreats for Women. She is a pleasure, intimacy, and body-positive educator and a passionate advocate for a woman's relationship with her whole self. Welcome to the show, Pamela. (laughs) Thank you for having me. So glad I'm to excited have you. to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we get into all the yummy stuff that I want to talk to you about, I heard that you got jabbed today. So how are you feeling? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm one of the newly anointed Johnson and Johnson um, vaccinated people, and I've had a fever. Um, and mm. this tells me what COVID could be like. I'm very mm-hmm. glad to be vaccinated. So uh, I'm grateful. I'm I'm grateful. And but here we are, and we're talking about well, lots of really sexy things. Yeah, and I really appreciate you uh, coming on the show, even though you're not feeling perfect. But you know, life goes on, right? <laughs> Hopefully, you'll be feeling absolutely. great, and you'll. Never get COVID. <laughs> right. And and talking about things that bring pleasure always makes me feel better because that's mm-hmm. really, really good medicine. Yes, exactly. It does, doesn't it? Wow. So I want to know just a little bit about your story and your history, first of all. Um, how did you come to be kind of the go-to expert in, you know, loving our sensuous feminine bodies when we come from a culture with so much shame put onto women, so much judgment about our bodies, our size, the age of our bodies. This is wrong. That's wrong. We need to tuck this and pluck this and pull that. You know, it's just constant for women. So how did you get to where you, you know, felt enough self-love that you could teach it to other people? You know, I, I think that the best teachers, are our, our wounded healers, right? They're people right. who aren't frightened of talking about their own vulnerabilities and their own pain. And I, I have to be honest, like I don't trust people who, who you know, um, get up on, on the grand stage and tell women or men or whoever is listening that, that they've got the five easy steps and you're, you're you know, You'll get it all figured out because mm-hmm. we never get it figured out. 
What we do is we learn how to practice being compassionate to ourselves. We have to practice, you know, loving our bodies and loving our sexuality. And it's a practice. It's not like, you know, hitting hitting a ball over a fence and you're done. You know, it's not like the mm-hmm. injection I got, one and done, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's, an ev- it's an evolutionary model. And so my answer to you is I share with women and couples, a process that I practice. And I, you know, listen, I'm a human. I'm aging. You know, sometimes you know, I wake up and I go, like, what's going on with my neck this morning? <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't think I saw that before. That's interesting. You know, well, what's going on with my upper arm? So, you know, we have to continually invite ourselves to be, compassionate to our own mm-hmm. bodies and our own sexuality. And it's, it's something I think that we can acknowledge that. Um, everyone I like starts that, to yeah. feel more normal. Yeah, I, I like that, that it's definitely a practice, and we need to remember that, that we don't, you know, you probably tell people who come to your intensives that they're not going to walk out of there and just forever love their body without fail, but that they're going to get a really strong transformative boost, right? And then they have to implement the practices. Yeah. Well, pleasure, you know, what we learn through pleasure, we never forget. And and I truly truly believe that. I mean, I, you know, for for people who are listening who don't know me, I run sensuous retreats for women um, and, and private. And so... You know, I have a lot of contact with a lot of a lot of people over these past ten years, and one of my favorite stories is a woman who came to the retreat, and she was getting ready for her session with her practitioner, and she said, "You know, Pamela, I don't think I can do this. I'm overweight. I'm old. I'm this. I'm that, and I really don't know that, that this is going to work for me." And I was like, "Don't worry about it. Just go. See what happens to you." So her practitioner came, picked her up. She had her session. She came back, and she was glowing, absolutely glowing. And I said, so how did it go? And she said, my body didn't care that I was aging. My body didn't care that I was chubby. (laughs) Mm -hmm. My body didn't care at all about what I thought of myself. My body was so happy to receive pleasure. And that helped Mm -hmm. her feel better about herself. Wonderful. It reminds me of when I went to a adult play party about, God, this is like 20 years ago now, and I thought I was like one of the older people at the party, and this was 20 mm-hmm. years ago. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I, told, I, told, I told myself, let's just pretend for this night only that you are perfect exactly the way you are, and then you can take back your judgment, you know, at the stroke of midnight or whenever you go home, but like, let's just pretend. Exactly. And every time those, every time those thoughts would creep in, they would say, I'm too old, I'm too whatever. I would go, oh, no, 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 that's right. Tonight we're just pretending that you're okay. And I had the most amazing experience. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, you know, that old thing, acting as if. Exactly. And, right, and, right, there's, right. and there's nothing sexier in the entire world 
then people who are able to um, drop their fears, even if it's for an hour, right? Mm-hmm. You can like, drop your judgment for just a little bit and just show up in your embodied self. There's nothing more beautiful than an embodied mm-hmm. body. Nothing right. more beautiful. And so teaching people how to find that place within themselves, that place of safety within themselves, you'd be surprised what you would attract into your life. Mm-hmm. So was there a turning point in your life when, like, did something happen where you just finally said, this is my life's work? Was there some key moment or two? Oh, well, you know, um, in my book, Shameless, um, I tell the story. You know, I was, I was, you know, 40, 41, 42. I don't know what I say in the book. But somewhere around there. And all of my friends were having affairs. Now, you know, um, 15 years ago, we didn't call it, you know, consensual non-monogamy. Right. (laughs) We didn't have all this language. Right? It was just called cheating. Mm -hmm. We weren't that fancy, Mm -hmm. you know? And, um, you know, it's it's before the ethical flood. It's before all the things. And um, my friends, all of them, and my sister, they were all having relationships outside their marriage. And I had been a virgin and um, got married when I was 19. And I was like, oh, my God, look at them. They're all like sex goddesses. And I was not Mm -hmm. a sex goddess. You know, I Mm -hmm. was a hardworking executive director of of a very big nonprofit. And mm-hmm. so I kind of said, you know, how do I do this without having a relationship um, with another man? Because at that point in my life, I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't mm-hmm. ready to um, have a different kind of relationship with my husband. And mm-hmm. so gay men, gay men taught me. They taught me about it. Wow. Gay men taught me about almost everything I learned at that point in my life was from a gay man. Awesome. Um, body acceptance, sexological body work. I learned about the um, body electric school. And mm-hmm. I started to spend time on a massage table. And mm. literally it changed my life. It changed how I felt about my body, how, it, how I felt about my curves, my relationship with my orgasm my relationship with my arousal, and I became, and I also explored dominance and submission, and that was before Fifty Shades of Grey, you know, mm-hmm. so, you know, which, you know, we, you know, we weren't finding paddles in Walmart when I was a right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> very different times, you know, and your time oh, that's pretty crazy. Very, <laughs> well, but it's true, right? You know, yeah, no, I mean, when, when I go to the kink section in Target, I'll know that we've <laughs> transformed <laughs> as a society. <laughs> exactly. The, my best for me was in Target. Um, my book was, like, right next to Dora the Explorer. Oh, <laughs> wow, like, that's great. I was just like, they don't know what they're putting on the shelves here. But it was well, yours is just a Pamela Dora. the Explorer, just a different exactly. kind of explorer. Yeah. <laughs> So at any rate, I had transformational experiences, and it pulled me 
from this idea of I had spent, you know, a very long time helping women give birth to babies. And it became clear to me that it was time for me to help women give birth to themselves. Mm. And, and I stepped away from a really big career to do this. Mm. And um, celebrating our 10th year, we've made it through COVID. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the rest kind of is, you know, history. Wow, well, thank you for that. That's so cool. And you, you said a couple things I want to go into. Um, you talked about sexological body work and uh, body electric school. Can you talk a little bit about that for people that haven't heard of that before? Sure. So sexological body work or somatic sex education is a relatively new profession. It's also about 10 years old. Uh, it was founded mm-hmm. by Joseph Kramer, who also founded the Body Electric School, and it was created during the time of the HIV crisis for gay men. And Mm -hmm. he was trying to show um, that community that they could receive touch and pleasure without having intercourse. So Mm. it's really a practice of outer course. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a practice where um, the practitioners remain closed. It's one-way touch. And, you know, how many people have experienced 90 minutes or two hours of pleasure where Mm -hmm. they are, where the rules are that they are receiving? Mm -hmm. They are opening your bodies to receive. And for women, that's, like, completely life-changing. Right, because we're we're worried about, like... When when are we supposed to give back and what's expected of us exactly. and all the la 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 going on? Yeah. So there's no giving back. Mm-hmm. And you know, women learn to and, and and men as well. There's a there's a project called the Apollo Project in Canada that does this for men. Mm-hmm. And I think they retreat in June. And back to the body is for women. Um, except for the privates we do for couples and privates for women. Mm. But um, it's about getting on the table and learning what you like and learning how to communicate and have it be non-relational. So this Mm -hmm. is what my surrogacy. When we have intimacy on the table, we call it intimacy with a purpose. And Mm -hmm. most of my women um, are straight or bi-curious. We've had some trans women come through. Um, well, that's what I was going to ask you, if your workshops are open to anyone who identifies as a woman. Yes. Okay, yes, awesome. That's is. great. Mm-hmm. Cool. And cool. so women come and they, they explore what they don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know it, it's really interesting when we say, we, you know, that women have to ask for what they want. Yes, ask. If we don't know what we want, we need to be shown a menu. Right. You know, we, we need somebody who knows touch to show us what mm-hmm. we could have in our bodies. And when we teach women that, then they can take that knowledge, practice it, and bring it into their lives. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I could do a whole other hour on just the whole thing about asking for what you want and then 
what you said about if you don't know what you want, you need to be shown a menu. That's a whole other conversation we could get into, but that's powerful <laughs> because I, well, that's I find my work. so many. Yeah, and I have, you know, I date, I date pretty much hetero men, and, you know, I'm in my 60s, and so when I, when I date mature men, I'm just shocked at how often no woman has ever told them what she wants in their whole life and they're in their 60s, and I'm the first woman that's ever known what she wanted and asked for it. You know, it's kind of sad. Well, I think it's the state of, 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 of more women than not is that we don't know what we want. We're often um, pushed into premature penetration when our bodies mm-hmm. aren't ready. We don't mm-hmm. know... Um, or have much experience with arousal. You know, arousal is extraordinary. And there's Mm -hmm. so much pleasure in the peaks and valleys of our arousal. And instead, women are put on a patriarchal model where Mm -hmm. he's hard, you've got to get wet, and it's a race to a destination. What's different about this work is there's no destination. Mm-hmm. And women are just able to explore the fullness of their bodies, maybe for the first time. And when they get mm-hmm. that knowledge in their body, then they can tell a partner. But how can you tell a partner what you don't know? Exactly. Yeah. And I would think that COVID times would be, a, a you know, one of the silver linings would be that because it's not, like, if you didn't have a partner when the pandemic started or you like to date multiple people, but that's been hard, um, that you have to kind of, if you want to have touch and pleasure, you're kind of left on your own. So it seems like this is similar in a way to what you were doing with Joseph Kramer during the AIDS pandemic, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. where we we don't get to just go out to play parties now and, you know, hook up with people. So can you talk about, like, what you've been teaching during the pandemic and how that parallels your history. Sure. Well, initially, um, when COVID hit last March, I was in Hawaii. Um, I had just finished a retreat, um, a really large retreat with over 20 women. And um, we didn't know, none of us knew what we were dealing with, right? So Mm -hmm. at first we canceled like four or five of our retreats because it just didn't feel safe. Mm -hmm. And then when, you know, as we got more understanding about COVID, um, we decided that touch is an essential service. That's our belief. The touch mm-hmm. is essential. And mm-hmm. then we began to work with COVID. So what mm-hmm. do we mean by that? Well, we started to offer more private retreats. So myself mm-hmm. with a male partner, a male sexological body worker, and just one woman or a couple, mm-hmm. and mm. they would need to COVID test and isolate before they came, and we would do the same, and then we would do an immersion, three, five days, mm. eight days with this person. Mm-hmm. And um, we've been sold out. I mean, there's a huge wow. need. People want this really badly. And mm. we started um, to do our retreats again, um, which is multiple people, um, in June, and the same rules applied. 
So mm-hmm. East Coast, West Coast women drove. If it was on the East Coast, the East Coast women came. West Coast, the West Coast women came and drove in their cars and presented their negative tests. And we didn't do excursions, and we created a pod. Mm-hmm. And it's been successful for us. Awesome. So, you know, and what's really different is, you know, as I said earlier in the conversation, I've been doing this for 10 years, and we would see maybe twice a year a orgasm headache. Do you know what I mean by that? Say it again. Where an orgasm headache, where as and women we- approach, as women approach orgasm, they would get a very sharp pain in their head. Some oh, okay. No, I don't know about that. Yeah, some women call it, some people call it Kundalini response or an orgasm headache. So I would oh, I noticed that I you. itch, like right on the top of my crown of my head. I get really itchy as I'm approaching mm-hmm. orgasm. Okay, okay. So <laughs> what we started to see was a lot of women having orgasm headache. Mm. And I think, and I think it's because we've been so isolated and um, in such a state of hypervigilance this year, mm-hmm. whether mm-hmm. it's politics or COVID or isolation, um, fear of even the groceries, right? That right. women have really armored up, mm-hmm. and women have the habit of armoring up anyway. Right. And so then they put another layer of armor, and then they would come to these retreats, and their bodies would be open to, you know, really epicurean touch and pleasure mm-hmm. that they've never experienced maybe in their whole life. And mm-hmm. they, would, they would encounter blocks in their body where mm-hmm. the energy couldn't flow all the way up to the crown of their head. Um, mm-hmm. in their orgasm would get stuck. Mm-hmm. And so I really feel like we're the canary in the coal mine, that right. this is a big deal. And getting people to have touch and learn how to reintroduce people to touch so that it doesn't overwhelm their body mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and so they can have pleasure and not experience pain. Mm-hmm. That's not wanted. We're not talking about spanking here. <laughs> You're not talking about what? Spanking here. You know, spanking, not that kind of pain. Headed. Right, right. Yeah, no, right. not that kind of pain. <laughs> well, yeah, I can imagine that we somaticize pain, but also a lot of emotional pain comes up when women finally get in touch with that pleasure. Is that true? Yes, it's absolutely true. And it's been mm-hmm. a really hard year where women, you know, women have not been able to process their stress response. There's a beautiful mm-hmm. book called Burnout um, by Emily, um, Emily and her sister, Amelia um, Nagowski, Burnout. I recommend mm-hmm. it to everybody. And okay. they talk about this interrupted stress response that we've been living in. And, you know, animals, when, so pretend that you're the lion and I'm the deer, okay? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you see me and I freeze at first mm-hmm. and then I run. 
So let's mm-hmm. pretend that I'm lucky and you don't eat me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what animal, oh, darn what, it. What, <laughs> I know, sorry. Um, and I'm yummy, too. But, no, you don't get to eat me. And so what animals do is they have a shake response. So after they've had a big stressful situation, they shake their bodies. And they mm. complete the stress response. What, mm. what has happened to people this year, men and women, is we, we, never, got to, we never get to release it. Mm-hmm. Like every day we're hammered. How many are dead? What's going on? The Capitol's being stormed. You know, all the things, mm-hmm. right? right? And right. we don't get to, it's just constantly being banged with the lion trying to eat us, and we don't ever get a chance to shake it out. And so one thing that people can do is every day before they go to bed, shake their bodies. Mm. Literally, like, shake out the stress of the day. And Mm. that will help you um, process pleasure and emotion, um, all your feels in a much healthier way. But we're all kind of stuck right now in this hypervigilance. Right. You know, are, are, you, are you six feet apart? Do you have your mask on? People aren't looking at each other. They're not smiling. You know, so we all need to be aware of the stress response. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. That's a really great tip to shake it off before you go to bed. Um, yeah. If you're just joining yeah, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Leading Edge Love Radio, and this is your host, Sumati Sparks, the open relationship coach at sumatisparks.com. We're speaking with Pamela Madsen, the founder of the Back to the Body Sensuous Retreats for Women. If you have any questions for Pamela, please feel free to call in. The, phone, the call-in number is area code 657-383-1132. And you won't interrupt us. You'll be put on hold, and we'll answer it when we're good and ready. (laughs) So, again, the call-in number is 657-383-1132. So, Pamela, you were talking earlier about how your friends, so many of them were cheating, and we didn't have the language of consensual non-monogamy back then. So can you talk a little bit about your experience with that now that we do have the terminology? Um, non-monogamy versus open versus swinging, like how do you identify and what is your relationship to all those labels? Well, um, I'm going to put this in a different, yeah, I'm going to answer your question, but I'm going to put it this way. Okay. So I'm I'm Jewish and Mm -hmm. my husband is Christian. Mm -hmm. So we have two different religions in our household. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought we were big practices, but that doesn't matter. I'm using it as a metaphor. Okay? So we have Mm -hmm. a mixed marriage when it comes Mm -hmm. to religion. We also have a mixed marriage when it comes to monogamy. Mm -hmm. So he practices monogamy. Mm -hmm. And that's his container. And people find that really hard to get that you can be in a relationship with somebody and you each could possibly have a different way of practicing your sexuality. Mm-hmm. And I, I identify as monogamish. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. which means to me, and that's a coin, that's a term I did again, savage coin. Um, right. I, when I made it up, I thought I was original, but I wasn't. Couldn't be when that happened. <laughs> um, I thought I coined it, but um, he's more famous, and he got to coin it first. Um, <laughs> and what that means to me is I have a primary relationship at home, and I often will have a secondary relationship. Um, so I don't swing. Um, my marriage, in, in many ways, is not an open marriage. Um, I don't bring anybody home. Um, we don't have a lot of discussions about my secondary partnership. And, mm-hmm. I, and I've had like three or four um, mm-hmm. over the last ten years. And um, I'm in one right now. And mm-hmm. it makes me very happy. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm not on, like, dating sites. And I'm, I'm not, like, my own sexuality is, is not as, um, I don't go to sex parties and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. playing in a dungeon. I love being watched. But I'm usually with my partner. Mm-hmm. And so, um, how did, was question? it easy for? Yeah, was it easy for your husband, or did you have some difficult conversations to get to that point? You know, it was it was an evolution. I've been married for close to forty years. Um, um, you know, I got married very very young. Um, I think we, we've been together now for like thirty seven years. Um, mm-hmm. And so, it was an evolution. I started. First, with my explorations with sexological body work mm-hmm. and having different hands on my body. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how did that feel for me? Because when you're with just one mother, you're with one mother, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, right. When I'm with another person, whether it's a practitioner and it's a boundary relationship, um, there's a different energy that comes from that human when he touches me, Right. So mm-hmm. um, I got really interested in that. And I was also able to, on um, the massage table and through sexological body work, I was able to explore things like spanking and DS and um, role playing that I craved. And so I went from that um, exploration, which lasted for, well, I guess I'm still in that exploration, but it opened me up to um, to meeting a lover mm-hmm. and being interested in that. And I was, you know, I wasn't interested in a traditional relationship at that point in my life. I was interested in a, um, a DS relationship and a dominant and submissive relationship. And for my husband, that felt different than our marriage. Mm-hmm. Like different roles. Because we don't practice DS in our marriage. Right. So it became a place for me to have this different expression mm-hmm. that wasn't threatening to him. That makes sense. Yeah. And so the the it just kind of evolved, and you and your husband continued to talk about it as it was evolving. I shut him out. You know, he's really just wanting your details. You know, everything is different. You don't want to hear these, okay. No. You know, everything is mm-hmm. really different around this. 
Some people get mm-hmm. turned on by the details. They want to know mm-hmm. everything. My right. husband just knows that I'm coming home to him. Mm-hmm. And I don't actually engage in relation, in local relationships. Um, the mm-hmm. lovers I've had have been on the other side of the country. And, and only one at a time. And so rather contained. And, you know, but that's me. And that doesn't mean that other ways are wrong. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, when people, you know, say to me, well, I did this thing, and now I have to confess to my partner, I kind of sometimes wonder, well, who's the confession for? Right. <laughs> it's you? You know? Or are you just, you know, handing your partner a big, fat load of crap? That they uh-huh. have to deal with. And mm-hmm. so I wonder sometimes about, you know, unconsensual disclosure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not everybody wants to disclose or be disclosed to. And so, you know, first do no harm. Yeah, I mean, that's a good, that's a good one because there's, you know, the agreement that a couple makes that they're going to be monogamous or they're going to be open or they're going to be some, some degree of openness or monogamish or whatever. And then once they make that agreement and have that conversation about how much they want to hear, you know, then I would say that's consensual non-monogamy. But if your partner is thinking that you're monogamous when you're not, and that, by definition, feels like it goes more in the cheating realm. And I also want to say that sometimes I, I had a client, and I'm not advocating for this all the time, but I had this client who, you know, we did four or five sessions. He was having an affair. He'd been caught in the past by his wife having an affair and swore that it would never happen again, but it happened again. So he came to see me. And he knew that his wife would leave him if he revealed to her that he was having another affair or if he even told her, I'd really like non-monogamy in our marriage. He, he couldn't even bring it up with her. And so after three or four sessions, I just said, because he was so attached to his um, family, like the package, he called it the package, like the package of having, mm-hmm. you know, the, being this pillar in his community, successful businessman, having the beautiful wife and the children, and that package was the most important thing to him in his life. In his case, I just said, well, if you're making that choice that the package is more important, then cheating might be your only option right now. And he never came back again. I thought, oh, gosh, I just gave him permission to cheat. But it kind of is, sometimes it kind of is a conscious choice. <laughs> you know, and, and cheating is such an ugly word. Um, it's it's an, an ugly I word, mean, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's an ugly word, and perhaps we could talk about secrecy versus privacy. Right. Um, which, which I think is a really good concept. And so what that means to me is I don't keep secrets from my partner, from my husband, but I have privacy. I have privacy. Mm-hmm. So what that, what that means is I don't tell him everything. Actually, I don't tell him most things around mm-hmm. my personal erotic life. You know, he knows that the marriage is secure. He knows I'm mm-hmm. content to him, that I'm not going to do mm-hmm. anything to endanger 
him physically or emotionally. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm entitled to have my own erotic self-expression, uh-huh. and that's my privacy. And not everyone will agree with this, and I'm sure they will, that there'll be people that understand what I'm talking about. And, you know, it's kind of like masturbation. Your partner uh-huh. may know that you sell pleasure, but you may not have announced to them that you're going to go right now and rub one off, right? I mean, you, right. you have some privacy um, in uh-huh. your fantasies and what you look at, sometimes what you, you know, explore through pornography or through books. Not everyone shares every moment. And I think understanding the difference between keeping secrets from your partner and having your own privacy is really important. Mm-hmm. So this concept requires something I call self-sovereignty. And a lot of couples come to me wanting to open their relationship, but I find them most of the time to be very enmeshed. And so if they come to me before they've gone out and started dating people, the first thing I have them do is unenmesh to find their sovereignty, to stop like knowing where each other is every moment of the day. And so if we can create that interdependence rather than that codependence where we have the the feeling of security and love that that stays long-term but still our separate identities and separate selves, then especially women get to have our full erotic experience that's not dependent on another person. Correct. So I think that's what you're talking about here is just claiming your own eroticism. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I just spoke with a couple that was referred to me, and um, they've been having erotic problems for a long time. And, you know, I suggested, A, they work with a counselor, which they were doing, so they were working working with a sex therapist. And um, and I, I said, you know, this man, your husband, you know, I suggest you go to a polyp project and work on his own sovereignty, his own eroticism. And I said, you should come to back to the body and learn your core erotic themes, learn your body. Because they were so enmeshed with each other that they were stuck in their erotic habits of their marriage. And for them to really come together in a new and delicious way, they both had to separate a little bit and Uh actually learn themselves outside of the construct of their marriage and then come together and do a and then come together as a, as a couple and work together in that way. Um, Uh But it's not, you know, so many times the couples are like, well, it's his problem. Or it's her uh-huh. problem. And it's like, right. oh, no, 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 children. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this, is, this is something that you share. Uh-huh. And everyone needs to show up to do their own work. In the marriage or the partnership, people are meshed in their pattern with each other. And what makes these kinds of modalities um, like sexological body work so wonderful, it's before they decide to open their marriage. Do you follow mm-hmm. me? Like they yes, gotta, absolutely. They themselves first, separate. Right. And then once they can figure out that, then, then let's come together and talk and see what's there for you and do you want to be non-monogamous or, you know, 
Or do you want to do couples, you know, a, a couples retreat where you, we learn each other with the support of, of a teacher? Um, so there's, there's a lot of paths. But I think this idea that many couples get into, which is it's about him, it's about her. He says this, this. says, no, 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 no. Stop. Mm-hmm. Separate. And let's look at what you're both holding. Mm-hmm. Well, you referred uh, already to kind of the patriarchal culture that we come from. Um, so I'm imagining that, that that informs what you often talk about as the orgasm gap. Can you explain what that is? So uh, many men, so they did a study. Okay, let's go, let's go with a study first. Okay, so they did a study of what men, maybe you know of the study, I think it was Mer- um Meredith Shriver who did it. Um, you all can fact check me. And um, they put um, sensors on genitals. And they did it for men and they did it for women. And they asked, they showed all kinds of images. The men were able to identify almost 100% of the time when they were aroused. Okay? They, they knew it. Yeah, they hit that button. I'm aroused. I'm aroused. Mm-hmm. Women, women, they couldn't hit the button. Okay, their bodies, their their vulvas would be flushed with blood. They'd be wet. Their heartbeat would be up, but they couldn't identify their own arousal. So oh. that's the first thing. Okay, is part of the orgasm gap is that men know their bodies more than women know their bodies. Women have a hard time identifying because of shame and culture, body shame. Um, not, they couldn't pick their vulvas out of a lineup, okay? Mm. <laughs> you know, wow. so many women don't even know what their vulvas look like because they never go there, mm. right? So yeah. let's put that on the shelf, okay, when we talk about the orgasm gap. It starts with not knowing your body, not being able to identify your arousal. And then there's that patriarchal model, which, which is get aroused, get hard, get off. Mm-hmm. And that whole thing for a man who's in a sexual pattern with an everyday lover or a wife, it could be over in seven minutes. Mm-hmm. Women can take 45 minutes of arousal. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. their vulva needs to be full of blood. They've got to, it's the wet does not mean penetrate me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. But many men feel that a woman with a wet vulva um, means that she's ready to have intercourse. Well, she's not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so they did this additional study. I'm layering these studies on you. I hope that's okay. They did this no, additional study and they looked at. Who's having the most orgasms? Who's having the most pleasurable sex? Well, straight men and gay men, okay? They're having the mm. most orgasms and the most pleasure. Um, basically, if you have a cock, you win, all right? It doesn't mm-hmm. matter your sexual orientation. And then next on the list was lesbian women. Mm-hmm. And after that was bisexual women. And guess who was on the bottom? Oh, us poor straight women. <laughs> uh-huh, poor straight women. 
um, they have the biggest orgasm gap. There is a big gap mm. between the sexual pleasure of a man and a woman. And that's what we call the orgasm gap. So what we wow. need to do is, uh-huh. <laughs> I want to I wanna ask you what the solution is to the orgasm gap in a minute. But first, we have a caller. Yay. So are you, are you willing to take a question first? Absolutely. Okay, and then we'll come back to how do you solve the orgasm gap. <laughs> okay. okay. Hello, caller. Are you... Welcome to the show. Hello, my name is Alan. Hi. Are you open to taking a question from a Hi. Absolutely. From a person who identifies as male. Can you hear me? <laughs> Absolutely. No, we'd love to have, hear your question, Alan. Okay. Um, Pamela, for someone yes. who can't come to one of your retreats, which would include anybody that identifies as male, too, can you suggest any articles or links to resources for self-pleasuring? That's my question. Okay. Well, first of all, um, men can come to my retreats if you're part of a couple. And there is the Apollo Project that are for all men. You don't need to have a partner. And um, the Body Electric School does a lot for men. And they're a great organization. I think they call themselves the New Body Electric School now. I would check. I would check that out. Um, and, and then Joseph Kramer has lots of videos um, for men. I think it's called the Erotic Massage School. You'll have to Google it, Joseph Kramer Erotic Massage. And he has a lot of videos that can teach men how to self-pleasure. Another great resource is Kenneth Play. KennethPlay.com. Um, and he also um, teaches and works with men um, through videos, supporting them to become better lovers. And my last resource um, is Court Vox, thebodyvox.com, thebodyvox.com. And he does coaching and works directly with men and has a lot of information um, on his on his site. So Kenneth Play, Cordvox, um, the the erotic um, school with Joseph Kramer, and the Apollo Project. Um, all good. And um, Pamela Joseph Kramer is with a K, right? K R A M E R. Yeah. PhD. Okay. And then when you say the and body Vox, is that V O X or B O X? V is in victory. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. Okay, and then can you spell the other person's last name? Play, as in I will play with you. Kenneth. Got it, okay. Play.com. And they all have different points of view and work with different sexual orientations and had different ideas. So I gave you a potpourri of resources for men. And um, I will work with, with a man with what are my teaching partners with a woman? I don't work alone with men. Mm-hmm. Pamela, are you open yes. to a follow-up question then? Sure. I, 
I, I really appreciate what you what you just said, and I wrote down a number of those things, and I would imagine that others would appreciate that too. But I realize also that I didn't ask my question clearly in the way I presented. I was really asking just for your consent to to be a man on the show asking a question. But what but my purpose, my specific question is, my partner and I are filling in for our local polyamory support group in Santa Fe. And we're looking for links and resources that we can put in the uh, introduction on Meetup for the group that comes for self But because this coming week's topic or this coming month's topic is self-pleasure, both alone and with a partner. So that my, my question was more for those sort of links, if you know of them, or good resources that we can offer to others in our uh, poly group. Um, directed at men. No, no, I, no. It, that's that's where I was. I misled you it, uh, inadvertently. Oh, okay. Not directed as okay. at men. In okay. just in general. And thanks for asking. Okay. Um, you know, I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure. I know that I know that Joseph Kramer has lots of videos, tons of them for men, for women, and for couples. And that might be a really good place. Um, to start for self-pleasuring. If the interest is self-pleasuring, um, then that's where I would go first. Beautiful. They, they, there's a great video called Fire in the Mountain and Fire in the Valley. <laughs> and <laughs> and they're, all, um, they're all self-pleasuring. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's the sort of thing that I was asking. My pleasure. That's really all I have for now, unless you have more. I appreciate your taking your time no, with us. No, that's good. And, um, you know, check out the other links, too, that I mentioned, because you may find, as since you're writing a group, um, you know, you may find some of these other resources um, helpful. Very well. Thank you for calling, Alan. Thank you, uh, Sumi. Sumi. Okay. Sumati. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> okay. okay, so we're going to go back to the question of what do we do about that orgasm gap? We take our time. We ask our male partners to slow down. And as women, we try to show up with a warm oven. Okay? That mm. helps a lot. You know, when you put mm-hmm. bread in a cold oven, it doesn't rise very well, right? Mm-hmm. So we as women need to take some self-responsibility for our own turn-on. And so what does mm. that mean for you? Maybe it's putting on intentional clothing. Maybe it's sexting with your partner. Mm-hmm. You, know, may, you know, what's the foreplay? Can, can you simmer with each other? Like all day mm-hmm. or two days, leave little notes. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you turn yourself on um, before you actually get into bed with each other? And mm-hmm. so by the time you're touching each other, you're really ready for a touch. And, you know, women allowing themselves to take their time. We're always worried that we take too long. The fact is, mm-hmm. is that we take longer than men. And kind of owning that. 
I'm not ready yet, right? Mm-hmm. Slow it mm-hmm. down. I also suggest that couples buy a massage table mm. and learn to give each other um, erotic massage. Mm. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, so we just have a little bit more time, and I want to get this last question is um, last question in. <laughs> um, so what do you think holds women back from owning their pleasure the way men do, and how does this affect their ability to meet men for romantic connection? Well, I think we've actually touched on it a bit. Um, I think body image and shame holds women back mm-hmm. from, you know, not knowing their body, not having mm-hmm. good genital self-esteem. You know, we mm-hmm. think that our we think that our vulvas look funny. So we really mm-hmm. don't know what vulvas look like, right? Because mm-hmm. we're kind of internal. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, women spending time to get to know themselves, to invest in themselves. Um, you know, to to um, permission themselves. And, you know, women are always so worried about how do I taste, how do I smell, you know. And, and if you're a male listening to this, you know, it's time to, like, you know, heap on some pussy praise. You know, tell your woman she tastes good. Tell her she smells good. Tell her you enjoy eating her vulva. Make yummy sounds. <laughs> you know, <laughs> touch her curves. Tell her that she's beautiful. And the same goes for women touching the men. Is Let's offer up some praise to each other. And I think that that would help all of us close the gap. Right. That's lovely. And as far as, like, meeting men for a romantic connection? What holds us back? Yeah. Ourselves. You know, fear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Fear holds us back. You know, Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, we have all these stories about ourselves and our bodies. And, you know, I, I have a very young, I have a very young mother. You wouldn't believe my, my, my lover. And I'm not Christy Brinkley. He's an Adonis, and I'm not. I'm just Mm -hmm. a really pretty, round, sexy woman who, who, you know, loves her eroticism. And so Mm -hmm. if you can let go of what you think of yourself and and really spend some investment in your own embodiment, you'd be very surprised what Mm. you'll call it. Well, that is a beautiful way to end the show. Thank you so much, Pamela. I want to give you a few minutes to tell our listeners. Yeah, just take it away. You've got got four minutes, so go ahead and and say anything else you want to add and how we can find you. Well, um, people can find me through my website, which is backtothebody.org. It's all spelled out, backtothebody.org. I am verified on Facebook, and I have a lot of writing on there. And on Instagram, I'm at, at the Pamela Madsen. And, um, you know, there's a lot of offerings. There are virtual offerings. There are courses. 
There are private retreats for women and couples, and then there are retreats for women. And you asked me to come up with a special offer, so I do have one. Are you excited to hear it? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay. This is kind of a, this is a really cool one, all right? I have a retreat coming up in Vegas, beautiful house, and it's limited to, it, it's limited to two women. Um, I mean, I, I have two, it's limited to eight women. I have two spots left for that okay. emergency okay. retreat. Um, the cost is normally $7,000 for that retreat for a week um, with sexological body work and all the good stuff. But if somebody emails me at Pamela at backtothebody.org, Pamela at backtothebody.org, they can have a free consultation and they can have the retreat for $5,000. That's $2,000. Wow. And so that's for two special women um, who are ready to take this on. Mm-hmm. And they're really ready to find their bodies and find their pleasure and take it through themselves and then out into the world. And um, that's my special offer. And um, if you are ready for that, they can hop on the website. There's a course. We have a virtual group um, called the Everyday Program. And we're also happy to, you know, um, speak to folks and refer them on. So they can not just speak to me, they can book a consultation with a member of the team. But if they're interested in that Vegas offer, go to the website, read about it. If you're interested and you want that big fat discount, email me as soon as possible. And we'll have a conversation. Fabulous. Wow, that's that's so generous of you. Thank you so much. (laughs) That's really nice. Really great. Great deal. Awesome. Okay, well, I can imagine that retreat and all your other teachings would be incredibly transformational for people. So thank you so much for what you do in the world, Pamela, and I'm just delighted that you're able to join us today. Thank you for having me, and I I love that a man called in. You know, know, men, you're you're welcome. We need you. You know, great. um, I, I love that men are listening to your show, and what a great resource you are. So thank you for your kindness. Yeah, thank you. And your book, is that on your website as well? Yes, and they can also find it on Amazon. It's called Shameless, How I Ditched the Diet, Got Naked, Found True Pleasure, and Somehow Got Home in Time to Cook Dinner. And it was published by Rodale in 2011, and you can still get it. And it's, it's a funny read, and it really kind of explains my journey and how I kind of awesome. got where I am now. Thank you. Great. Okay, Pamela, thank you so much. Have a great evening. Okay. Be well, everybody. Stay safe. Okay, bye-bye. So um, before we run out of time here, I just want to let you all know that next week on Leading Edge Love Radio on Tuesday the 16th at 6 p.m. Pacific time, my guest will be Ignacio Rivera, who is a um, a non-binary person who has incredible experience with healing sexual trauma from their own life, and they teach others about it very powerfully. So please join us next week uh, on Leading Edge Love Radio. I look forward to seeing you all then. Good night.